All right. Well, listen, my guest today is a Navy man serving in Operations Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom. He's a family man, sales pro turned sales leader and creator of the Slaymaker Method, a globally recognized sales strategist, a motivator, cultivator, and cheerleader for success. Kyle Slaymaker, welcome to the show. <laughs> I think I found my new hype man. Jeff, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Well, I don't know about all that, but I do my best, right? Yeah, man. So today, sales mastery for business fortune, you know, in the pre-show, we talked about just how important sales is and that even, even good companies, uh, big companies, oftentimes kind of play amateur with this. Like they practice on paying customers, which is just a terrible way to do business. So with that, what say you? Yeah, you know, sales is, you know, one of the, the oldest professions in the book. I mean, granted, you know, there's definitely one other, right? Um, but it, it's, it's so interesting, you know. I, I've run into fantastic salespeople. I've read book after book, created my own method, my own style. Um, but if there's one thing I've, I've learned is no matter how good you are, you can always be better. And that's including myself too. Well, yeah, that constant, uh, desire and hunger to be focused on getting better is really, really important, right? Like that. Yeah. Some people, they need a slight edge, like other people need a sledgehammer <laughs> in there, <laughs> in the way they're managed, in the way that they approach their profession. Um, but like the thing that I like to talk about related to sales is to me, like sales is like one, it, it's one aspect that's a very important aspect. It's almost like sales is the answer to like the question of which is the most important part on a car, right? That's a good analogy. And you, like no one can ever answer, no one can ever answer the question because they're all important, but sales Sales and business successes is that one thing for sure Yeah, that absolutely has to be on point. But there's so much else around it because you could put, like you could put the greatest salesperson ever in a company. But if their marketing message is not good, it's missing the audience, it's not in the right media, if that's right, but it points to a terrible first step, like that star is never going to get the shine. And vice yeah. versa, if you got all that other stuff really great, but you just don't value the people your customers are put in front of and you don't cultivate them, you kind of have the same problems. So like yeah. from, a, from an emotional side of this, like where do people miss out on this? Like where's the disconnect? Well, I think there's, there's two major disconnects. Um, and you already touched on one of them with, you know, making sure that you value the people you're putting in front of your customers. And I think that's a fantastic way to put it. Um, if you don't value your sales team, if you don't truly value your sales team, they're not going to feel motivated, right? And this is kind of leadership 101 when you think about it. You know, you, you want to make sure that you're actually giving your team the tools necessary to succeed, whether that's enhanced training, whether that's recurring training taking a, an interest in their personal lives and the actual goals that they have, that's a huge piece to the puzzle. Um, the other piece of the puzzle is just as much about caring about the customer, right? And I'm not talking from a business owner to a customer. I'm talking about, quite simply, the salesperson to the customer, right? If you don't truly, genuinely care about the person you're selling to, I don't care what medium it is, you're going to leave money on the table because that's going to come through in your sales process. If a customer feels that they're not genuinely going to be taken care of and they don't, that you don't truly care about them, you're going to get commission breath and you're going to scare most people away or at, you know, even potentially even worse, you know, leave a lot of money on the table. You, you could have had it. I mean, you've obviously got your own method, right? And I don't want you to give away the candy store here on our show. But like, where, where exactly do people, like, how did, what's the first step? where they miss this, where they just get out of the gate wrong and they continue to trip up. As, as far as caring about the customer or as far as just this, my sales process in general? Like sales process in general. If you were to categorize where people, where you see people continuously fail. So I, I would say that's another two-parter. Um, the first is going to be targeting and prospect. Yep. So few often, and, and you and I are known for you know doing the work. Um, so, so often, 
you see people not really want to put in the work. You, they don't want to prospect. They don't want to door knock. They don't want to cold call. They don't want to do this. They don't want to do that. That is really where the bread and butter is going to be in the early stages of the process because yep. you want to make sure one, you're targeting the right people. Not everybody's going to be a customer. Not everybody's going to be an ideal customer. You're not going to sell a Honda Civic to a 13-year-old, right? You're not going to sell a gun to a five-year-old, right? They're not your ideal customer. Obviously, there's other reasons for that. But at the end of the day, you need to make sure your targeting is on point and your prospecting is planned and mapped out. Absolutely mapped out. If you say you're going to call people from 9 to 10, set yourself a goal. You're going to make 50 calls and you're not going to stop until you hit those 50 calls. Um, Yep. The the other one, Jeff, is going to be the demand creation stage. Some people can say it's the investigation stage. Some people can call it um, yeah, whatever they want. But you really need to be sure that you're creating that, dyma- that dynamic, dynamic demand, to quote my best-selling book. How'd you like that pitch? Hey, you're allowed to pitch here. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. I, I mean, just on, a, just on a side note, let, let's pause on dynamic demand. Yeah. I don't know about you, but there's one thing that really kind of makes me turn my head sideways is when professed sales professionals get their panties in a bunch about being in a room where they get pitched. Like there's a lot to study there. And I know, I know it's a balance, but I've seen people turn away great events, great opportunity because they might be sold something. Yeah. Like this is America. All we do is buy and sell here. Mm-hmm. That's our thing. It's it's interesting, um, you know, and and it's that's not sales centric, right? And when I say sales centric, I mean that's not like people that are in the industry centric. Um, we're conditioned to do that. We are conditioned to shy away from sales because there's such a stigma, right? There's such a commission breath. Just all salespeople are going to screw me over. They're going to sell me anything I don't need. But even sales professionals, even people that make a living selling, I, I'm I'm guilty of it too. <laughs> it, I, I, it's I just funny to me. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, no, it's it's when every time I do it, like I walk into a store, and if I'm not thinking about it, and, and retail is a perfect example for anybody. I don't care if you're Bill Gates all the way down to little old me. Yeah, somebody walks up, it's like without even thinking, it's nope, just looking. Yep, nope, just look. I, I don't care if I know exactly what I'm looking for, and I'm looking to be sold. It's just, it's such instinct and it's, it's just ingrained in us that we're going to say, no, we don't want help. We don't want to be sold. So it's, it's kind of ingrained in us and it's been ingrained in us for generation after generation after generation. But I find that, you know, the longer I've, I've spent in business, the more people I hang around that are in upper echelons of business, they walk into certain things expecting to be pitched. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and you have to set proper expectations. Right. As a salesperson, the last thing we want to do is walk into a meeting and somebody's trying to pitch us when we're thinking we're going to try to, to close a customer or right. somebody gives a meeting under false pretenses. Yeah. So as long as you take that out, that should really minimize that. Yeah, exactly. So we paused at dynamic demand. And then I want to circle back to because what came up from what you just shared, I want to circle back to. When people, especially like in my, in my industry, uh, qualify the customer, I want to pick up on that, but let's, let's go to dynamic demand. Let's go back there. Yeah. Yeah. So dynamic demand, right? The best way to, to think about it is you gently guide the customer. You get the customer to realize that no matter what it is that you are selling, there is an emotional driver behind it, right? And I'm not talking surface level emotion. I'm talking you gently guide the customer. And I say gently because I don't do aggressive sales. I don't do pushiness. I don't do hard closes and stuff like that. It's just not my style. Yeah. And there's a reason for that that we can get into later. Let them take the journey that you're taking them on. Right. So the age old analogy is the, you know, there's a flat tire. Well, why do you need to get your tire fixed? I got to get down the road. Why? Well, I got to go pick up my kid. Okay. Why do you got to go pick up your kid? Well, I've, I've got to pick up from baseball practice. I want to make some memories with them. All of a sudden, that tire that might be at a premium price point that you thought is just going to get this customer down the road or the customer thought was just going to get him down the road, that tire is actually going to help him create memories with his kids. Right. Okay. And that's a very... Even that's a little harsher of a, of a style that, I'm, that I usually do with the demand creation stage, the dynamic demand. 
But that's basically what it is. You want to gently guide the customer to where they realize that they really have a premium product in front of them and you're the person that can deliver and solve their needs on multiple levels. I've lived as a child that exact example. So my dad, who loved dearly, trucker over the road, missed a lot of our childhood growing up. He had a major accident where he really questioned being a truck driver for about six months. So he was home and he drew the straw to take the kid. I forget what it was, but we missed it. You know, and my dad's idea of a second vehicle at home, because he's an over the road driver, we don't, we don't really need a second vehicle. He needed the most basic vehicle to get him from home to the yard where his truck was to go on his trips. Well, this Ford pickup truck, and I love Ford as, as a, just as a, throw that out there, I'm a Ford guy. This thing would break down all the time. Well, it breaks down. We're going, I think it was like a school play or, or something. And I missed it. And I was so upset. And I'm like, why can't we just have a truck that works? Every time we get in this thing, it doesn't work. And it was only until that moment that my dad kind of realized like, oh, yeah, this second vehicle now that I am around needs to be better. You know, because if he broke That's down, exactly it. if he broke down just going to the yard, you know, he could handle it on his own. It was him that was impacted. He always left in enough time. You know, if he got compressed in time, he can make it up, putting the hammer down, make up time, get to that first stop, right? But <laughs> oh, yeah. like that example is very, very appropriate. Um, it's I've, it's awesome. It. That, did, did we have, I don't know if we ever talked about it, um, but my dad is an over the road driver too, owner operator. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. I assure you though, we never had just one vehicle. My dad had toys and then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, so I said, I want to come back to qualifying the customer. And this, this kind of goes to that customer journey. It goes into how you get a customer. So in my industry, uh, retail, uh, bedding stores, furniture uh, stores, for those that may not know who are listening, um, there, there's a phrase in the sales process that just really gets under my skin. And it's, you have to qualify your customer. And to me, in this day and age, in 2022, where the abundance of media, the abundance of opportunity to introduce your business to your customer in a multitude of ways, if they've gone through all of that and they've done the work to drive down the road and think about what driving involves nowadays, right? You got people doing texting and cell phones and makeup and food and we're driving faster than ever. I mean, for some people, it's like life and limp they risk to get to a business. And they've done you the honor of walking in your store. If your marketing is so bad and where you advertise and the promotions you make are so bad that you first have to qualify that person as being worthy to be in front of you, I don't think that's the way to sales success at all. And I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a sales foundation that builds a very profitable business. I think, you know, you said about doing the work. I think the work has to be more focused on who you are, who you serve, why you exist, and why you're the choice. And when we communicate that out, right, it now really begins to make the whole conversation a lot easier. But that word qualify, like to me, just kind of gives a salesperson who might not be the best they could be, it gives them the position to say, eh, this person's not worth my time. Look at the car they drove in on. Look at the clothes they're wearing, right? Yeah. What do you say I, I about think, that? I think you're right. I think you're right to an extent. Um, I think that there's some, some industries that can definitely use qualifying leads. Um, again, it kind of goes back now and, and I've been in your store. I'm hell. I'm a client. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thanks to, thanks to good old sweet Luke. Right. Um, and you weren't even in the nicer store. You were in our, 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 no. our outlet store. Like you, you no. got the gardener's light experience. <laughs> I, I did get the gardener's license. Now, now to be fair, I, I did come into the main store to see Pete every now and then. So yes, I, I've, yes. I've seen the beautiful store. Um, yes. But, you know, certain industries, when, when I say qualifying, like a, a perfect example, I hate going back to the car thing, but in that, that's an industry that you should qualify in because qualifying 
is more than just, okay, they're really going to buy. Qualifying is, all right, let's get your budget. Let's figure out where you need to go and let's right. figure out price points, right? So that's what I mean by, by qualifying. But I think you're absolutely right. In certain environments, like retail, um, mm-hmm. especially in the, the betting industry, I mean, I don't know anybody who just goes around looking at mattresses not wanting to buy. You know what I mean? Right. And I think you're exactly right on that. And I think there's other industries too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think there's definitely something to be said there. Um, but just understand for the viewers out there that you know qualifying can mean different things. Right. But my point, I, I suppose dig in on our point because I think this is a very good part of the conversation. I think you can do a lot of the heavy lifting and like that yeah. That emotional stress, that 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 buyer seller battle that happens, right? And and qualifying does the work in that battle. But I think the way you promote the the way you market your business, who you are, the flag you plant in the ground in your market for what you do, what you sell, uh, really matters and and can kind of shortcut that process. It can embolden the customer. To say, you know what, we are going to check out this place. Yeah. Because of these reasons, because they sound like they're for us. Um, doing that right cuts a lot of that harder work out. It's kind of, you know, you touched on people in their careers early on. They've got to do the work, the calls, the prospecting, the emailing, the door knocking. On the other spectrum of that, if you have the budget and you're starting out, and you have, a, it might be hard unless you've got proven message, but if you, let's, let's say you have that proof of, proven message, there's a thing called magnetism where you can just flood and create media and, and, and have people be attracted. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times as a business starts out, it's a mix of both, right? And you, and you kind of, you do the hard work, the grunt work, the gorilla, the gorilla style work. And then you hone in on those messages that become the magnetism and, and then it takes over. But it only takes over if you then treat the customer right because you've got to get those reviews. Absolutely. You've got to get those referrals, right? That's where it now propels. Any, any thoughts on that? I, I think you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, when I, when I try to do these podcasts and shows, I try to attack it from a business owner standpoint and an actual salesperson standpoint, right? Yeah. Um, the, you're absolutely right. I mean, if if everything else sucks, you, you better be ready to seriously qualify because otherwise you're going to have people being like, oh, I don't know, what's in this store? What do we got going on here? What do you do? Right. Um, so yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, as as long as you have a good, you know, machine, right, to to throw back something that you and I both love. Um, That's right. It's it's a delicate dance, right? It really, really is a delicate dance. I often get asked, what's more important, sales or marketing, right? And from a, a sales standpoint, everybody thinks I'm going to say sales is this. It's really, they're both equally important. They both play off of each other. They both go hand in hand, but they both have to operate almost separately, right? So the end goal, obviously, for any business is sales. They want to make money. At the end of the day, you're not in business to not make money unless you're a 501c. You know, you just want to do as much as you can to give back. But even that, you need to bring money in for. Yeah, you got to make you got to make money. The difference in 501, difference in nonprofit is you just have to like give back those monies to the cause, right? Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So making sure that you have all the stuff necessary, all the tools given that's going to drive these people to your sales force and your sales team is incredibly important. Absolutely important. Yeah. Yeah. So, so turning the corner to making our, let's say, rounding first base here on the conversation. So <laughs> marketing sales equally important. Agree, right? Like that's kind of the, the car analogy. Like which one's more important? They're both equally important. They can stand alone, but then more often they do dovetail together. Uh, yep. We talked about qualifying it. And just to step one step back on that. So in my industry, what ends up happening a lot of times is not a lot of times. If you look at advertising, like we have a we have a fantastic sales rep for one of our vendors who uh I'm gonna shout him out because he deserves to get shouted out. I don't know if he tunes into this or not, but Chad Lemondola, Pennsylvania guy, works for Tempurpeda, right? And Tempurpedic as a company uh can sometimes have really great reps and then sometimes just okay reps. 
And Chad's a really great rep, but he sends out what he calls a website beat or a market beat report. And I swear, if you, and it's, it's basically all the advertising all of my peers and competitors are doing. And if you cut off the logo at the top and the address at the bottom of any of the screenshots or scans that he puts together, you would literally think it's one, it's one company. It's all the same stuff, right? It's 60% off, free gift with purchase, you know, buy the mattress today. You'll pay off the seven-year car note you just got. You'll pay that off first before you pay off this mattress, right? Like 84 months, 96-month financing. It's really kind of silly uh, in, my, in my view. Um, but when you look at the price points that these stores advertise, they're, a large portion of the space is sub. So the average queen retail mattress in America sold is $950. That's the average. Okay. 50% of advertising space, whether that's print media, uh, online digital media with an image, 50% of the advertising that occupies that space is under $799. So the mountain that business owners create for their sales staff, because what they want to sell is well above $799. But they oh, yeah. occupy so much of that first step with $199. I saw something $144. Okay. With the message of better sleep behind it. Now, it doesn't mean you need to put two zeros behind that and make it $14,400. But the thing I want to submit to our listeners and I want your feedback on it is is that creating a divide that's so hard to cross for the sales team? Here we are. Our expectation is we're going to sell uh, all, all of this, these quality tickets, right? Um, but we're going to start out greeting the customer with $2.99 advertisements. Okay, so we know that this is not your store. So I can, I can be a little, uh, <laughs> a little more cavalier, correct? Yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't what we do at all. In I, fact, my, my advertisements, we don't advertise price at all. We advertise, we're going to help you wake up yeah. happy and here's the path to get it done. Yeah. I think, I think it provides, it does a disservice to both customer and salesperson. Um, at the end of the day, it's going to, you know, the customer is going to think they're getting this, this $199 deal and it's just not going to be what they need. Part one, which is incredibly, <laughs> incredibly bad. The sales reps got to climb the mountain, like you said, to get up to that bigger ticket item. Um, cut out the work, cut out the middleman. If you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hearken it back to Sweet Lou. Okay, and uh, you know my feelings on Sweet Lou. I think he's a fantastic guy. He sold me like there was no tomorrow. Um, when I walked in there, I had a budget in mind, and I can tell you that I paid way over my budget, um, which. My wife will tell you is very accurate for most things. Um, Sweet Lou never asked a budget, which I th I thought was interesting. He asked me how I slept, what my needs are, how my back was, how I felt in the morning when I woke up, how much I spent in bed watching TV, everything. Um, I didn't come in with a preconceived notion that I was going to get a mattress for two hundred dollars. I didn't come in with a preconceived notion that I was going to have a sales rep that was going to actually go above and beyond like Sweet Lou did. Um, and that really went a long way. And, you know, I, I see Jerry Gherkins down in the comments saying relationship 100% of the time, relationship over transactional, which is really interesting because that's exactly what Sweet Lou did. Okay. How many other people out there have bought a mattress and can say that they're Facebook friends with the guy that sold him a mattress and talked to him yesterday? And I bought my mattress a few years ago. That's, that's incredible. But if people are coming in expecting a $200 mattress and the salesperson is going to sit there and try to go up, 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 and up and upsell them, it's going to create that commission breath. It's absolutely going to create that commission breath. I don't want you to upsell me. I want this. I want what's in the paper. That's what you said is in the paper. Oh, there's fine print. Oh, I don't read that. I don't care about that. I want this deal that's here, $199. No, don't, don't do that. You're doing it like, fantastically. We're here to give you better sleep. We're here to make you comfortable. We're here to get you to wake up in the morning rejuvenated, ready to go. 
And that's exactly the route that Sweet Lou took when I've been in your store. That's exactly the route that I saw the reps at the main store take every time I was in there seeing a friend. And that's important. That relationship is important, right? You're buying something. I don't care whether you're buying a widget that doesn't even matter or you're buying a $50 million house. I don't care. You want to make sure that who you're buying from actually cares, right? It all goes back to that. It all goes back to actually caring. So yeah, I think they're definitely doing both their team of the service and their sales rep and the customer. Yeah, I mean, it really, it really does, uh, does create that mountain. Uh, I'm going to be a little honest and transparent here. That conversation that we just embarked on broke the internet. My computer, like, literally just crashed. So while <laughs> Kyle was speaking with you, uh, on that note, uh, Chris, our producer at Cast the Head's amazing. Um, he, uh, he, he did the work and, and gave you, our listener, an amazing experience while I was panicking. Uh, because that conversation just like broke the internet on my side of things. Um, but uh, I'm sure you laid down, I, I caught the tail end where, yeah, how you put yourself out there matters. And to create, like, I'm, I'm sure you touched on it, creating that almost impossible divide is, is a real problem. And mm-hmm. it just sets a business up for so much harder work to where it almost like, would you say it exhausts the sales team? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I, I mean, I, I, I touched on it while you were, my words carry a lot of weight. That's what happened. Um, it just, it did, the just, dro- just dropping bombs. Uh, well, yeah. no, I, I mentioned how, um, you know, Sweet Lou again, just there, there was no preconceived notion walking into the store on either of our ends. He just wanted to take care of me and he did. And that's exactly yep. what happened. I ended up spending over my budget and I was happy to do so. That's now, right. If you know, I, I walk into a store and I see an ad that says one ninety nine or two ninety nine, whatever it is, and the salesperson tries to keep going and going and going, I'm going to smell that commission breath and I'm going to bounce because I want to. I yeah. want to do business with people that one genuinely want to do business with me, not my wallet, and that's right. the key. Right, right. So let's dig into that one a little bit more. So, so my industry is is viewed by most is very transactional, mm-hmm. right? At least, at least in, if you, if you were to boil it down, what's left in the pot would define, we view this customer as a one-time purchaser. There's no, there's no love on the customer before, and there's certainly by and large, by most, no love on the customer afterwards. And there's nothing in between that says, we want to build a relationship to put more furniture in your home or more bedding in your home. Mm-hmm. Right. So what did like when 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 we go into that, like build a relationship with a customer, do business with the customer, what's that mean for you? And how do you put that into companies you work with? Well, I mean, I can I can easily say that in my experience, and and maybe this is just me, but the greatest reward that I can ever receive for anything that I do, any sale that I make, any company that I work with, is them referring somebody to me. And I think that, I mean, that just means the world to me because that shows that they have such a good experience with me. They trust me. They trust me so much that they're going to put their name and credibility on the line to bring business to me and recommend me. And to me, that's that's massive. That is absolutely massive. I don't care who it is. It, It just, it means the world to me. Um. Yeah, I so, think yeah. I think on that note, and then maybe you can you can add on to this. I think that the the slack factor, the true test of a good business, is how many referrals are you getting and how many reviews are you getting. Oh yeah, right. Like you can oh, have yeah. you can have tremendous top line numbers, and if that's your thing, that's great. Like more successful men than I have come through my industry and had bigger dollar success. But from a foundational, impervious to competition standpoint, there's few that are on on the level by which we operate in this, you know, in this definition of things. Um, yeah, getting those referrals and getting those reviews are. I mean, when somebody takes the time out to, we get we get reviews online, we get reviews mailed back. Like people fill out a paper 
put it in an envelope. They put their own stamp on it and mail it back. And we actually get two to three times more of those than we do the online ones. Um, it's amazing. Like I've got it's- whole books of them now, right? So when I say few are on that level, I mean, seriously, put me to the test and show me another business, really most any business that has the proof like this. And then the referral machine that perpetuates the business that goes back to what I talked about earlier, like you can do the hard work and you should always be doing the work. But then that magnetism comes into play and that is a referral mechanism, right? That is where folks like Kyle are happy to refer me. People who work with Kyle are elated to refer him. So when we talk about sales mastery to business profits, like that's a very important function, is it not? It it is. It's a huge function of it. It's 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 astronomical the weight that these words can can bring. Um, you know, I made that joke right about how my words had so much weight it broke your internet. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the experience that you're putting out, especially as a salesperson, and this is something that is so crucial to remember. Okay, as a salesperson, most of the time you're going to be viewed as the face of your company. And I don't care if you're an owner, entrepreneur, solopreneur, you have a sales force. I don't care. The sale, the people that are out there selling are genuinely representing your company. And that needs to be accepted, rewarded, and pushed. Okay. It needs to know that, you know, there's standards in place. You have to understand that. If you don't understand that and you don't want that, then you might want to rethink your business model. Um, you know, online reviews are great. Handwritten reviews. I always loved how you do yours. You know, like you said, they they put a stamp on it. They send it to you. That goes like that should mean the world to you. And I know it does. Oh, yeah. That somebody's going that far out yep. of their way in 2022 to handwrite and place a stamp on an envelope. That is massive. Massive. Yep. And I take a lot of pride in all of the reviews that I get. I I I take it. I will have people, Jeff, that from from an entrepreneur standpoint, I help. I've helped a lot of entrepreneurs go from having a thought all the way to business launched, turning a profit, everything. Um, I've had people. I've had grown men call me just crying. Oh my god! I I can't believe I'm I'm making the money that I am. This. This business is a reality. I'm doing this. I quit my nine to five. That's awesome. I'm the happiest I've ever been. And as a business owner who places experience and customer before commission, that means the absolute world to me. The word, in fact, right there on the screen is a review by Joe Peffer. Joe is now, he, Joe hired me. He was one of my very first clients. And he's now a business partner of mine. Because I gave him such a good experience, oh, awesome. and we just hit it off. Um, yeah, yeah. So they, you know that that customer experience, especially from a sales standpoint, you show them that you're more than just a commission breath sleazy salesman. One, you're going to make more money than you've ever have if you're doing it the right way, and two, they're going to be happier than they've ever been. Yep. You're going to become all of a sudden more than a salesperson. I have people that I sold cars to in my very first sales job that have hired me. I have people that I sold cars to that still reach out to me today. Yeah, and I've been in various industries since then. And that, that I think, speaks volumes. So, so where... So here's a question. Where does the everyday business owner, everyday salesperson, where do they get the fortitude to push past, I've got bills to pay, my neck's on the chopping block here, I'm on the cuff of hitting a bonus plan. Any any one of those things that come in and like just put like a fresher cooker on them. <laughs> where where do people get the fortitude to say, "All right, I'm going to look steely-eyed down the barrel of mortgage payments, cart payments, you know, pressure from the boss to to improve. I want to hit this goal like how do they put those blinders on and stay focused? Okay, let's, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back into my military days here. So what's going to set good salespeople apart from the greatest salespeople 
is that drive and determination. That failure is not an option. The mission is going to get done. If you have to make five more phone calls a day, you have to go do it. Right. Yeah. If you, like you said, you want to put the blinders on and just go, then those blinders need to be focused on one thing. And that's going to be the end goal. Okay. Just, and, and just like I was talking about the dynamic demand and demand creation, Jeff, a salesperson should be thinking that way about their life too. Okay. So yeah, I want to hit this bonus plan. I want to make an extra $50,000 this year. Well, ask yourself, why do you want to make an extra 50,000? I want to put in a, a pool, I don't know, whatever they want to do with that extra 50000 Well, what does that do for you? It helps me spend more time at home and create memories yep. with my kids. When you know that the reasons, the emotional reasons that you're selling are the same mm. emotional reasons that your customers are buying, that's going to be a flipping game changer. And anybody that's yeah. watching and knows me knows that I had to really censor myself on that one. Well, you, I mean, you could have said that. You could have said, fuck, it would have been all right. <laughs> It'll happen. Trust but, me. We still got, yeah. we still got a little bit. It'll happen. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, that's, that was very good, right? Like, because where I was going with the question, like, what is the thing that puts that armor on, right? Like, you, so you strap up and you got all this stuff coming at you, but you have to still conduct yourself because you are, you are representing the business, right? You are representing yourself. You are representing, I would hope, a core value that you're there to get your customer the very best result possible, whatever results it is that you're selling. But that armor, I love what you said, that armor can be made up of, I want memories with my kids because I want to put that pool in the backyard because they love swimming and I can get, I can get 50% more time swimming with my kids if I got a pool here as opposed to driving a half hour to and from. Yeah. The local community pool, right? Everybody um, wants money, but they don't realize what they really want is what the money affords. Yeah. But when it. you're clear, yeah, when you're clear on that why, that's what, that's really great. That's really, I hope everybody's listening to that. That's what gives you that fortitude to like kind of get the commission breath out of your mouth and focus on yeah. that customer. Yeah. Everybody, you know, I don't care what the purchase is. And I don't care what everybody's motivators. I got a corgi chewing on a bone back there. I can hear it through my headphones. Um, <laughs> yeah, my dogs. My dogs are fixing to go nuts too. My wife. Every, my, I just. Yeah. My wife just pulled in, and so it's it's oh, going to turn perfect. to a dog show here for a minute. It's meant to be, and then we'll move past it. <laughs> um, yeah, Jeff. It's it's an interesting thing. I mean, so many people think they're in sales for the money, and let's face it: you can make a good living in sales. You can make a really, really good living in sales. Yep. But again, it's, it's, it's the greatest story. I, I had an aha moment um, last year as an entrepreneur. Um, being an entrepreneur, you, you work very, very, very hard. And I started taking steps back. Right, I started saying, this is what I want to do. I want to start spending more time with the kids. I want to start working on, not in, all that other fun stuff. Um, and then I, I had a month where I hit a very high revenue mark um, just for a, a one-month period. It was more money than I ever made in a month. And I, I celebrated, right? I'm on 75 hard, so I didn't drink. But I celebrated. And the next day, the epiphany hit. It was, well, I can step back even more now. I can spend more time with the kids. I can be more yeah. present. And that's when I realized, and I, I said it to people that, that you and I both know mutually. I said... That's the reward. That's what I've been working for. Not, not the dollar amount. Dollar amount's awesome, but it gives you so much freedom. And it's like that whether you're in sales or, or not. Okay. If you're an employee and you want to make as much money as you can, have the exact same motivation. Know that you want to work hard to get to your performance key indicators or your KPIs and just understand that that money is only going to do so much. Right? right, that money is not the motivator. It's what is behind the money. It's what the money gets you. Yeah, I think I think the shift becomes when you think about moving from KPIs to KLIs, key life indicators. Right? Like, Love what's that val? What's that value in your life that's really driving you? Like, what's really cranking you up, making you go in the morning? I love it. Right? I mean, that's really the shift that needs to happen for people. You know, when I talked about the fortitude. 
So people work, they want to get the pool to spend time with their family. You know, that, that's, a, that's a, a, a piece of the armor for Fortitude to, to serve your customer better, right? Because oh, you're yeah. here for the long term. You're going to help your customer for the long term. I think what happens with a lot of sales, sales folks, people selling, is they, they, they kind of like, you know, I forget the cartoon, but it was like a big, kind of big, doofy cartoon animal that would squeeze. It was a Georgie that would squeeze the, the other little animal and pet it and like... The, yeah, the gorilla, right? I wasn't think, it, wasn't yeah. I, I think so. But we hold on so hard. But if we get clear on those key life indicators, right? We get clear on what really makes the customer tick. We focus in on really selling them our results that help them. You begin to strap on these other pieces of armor, right? Because now you've got systems. You've got things in place that you can rely upon when that new prospect, that new lead, that new opportunity comes into play. You can say, you know what it sounds like? We need to serve you in this fashion. We need to offer this path, this, this service, this solution, this product, right? Like I think, yeah. I think that's where salespeople struggle. They, they just think, I'm going to sell something and that becomes the death grip, right? There we go. Wow, that's incredible. See, this is, this is why you work with great people. <laughs> that's fantastic. Love it, Chris. Oh, man. Again, I'm going to plug job. Chris right now. If you're, if you're looking to do a podcast, you get with Chris at Cast Ahead Productions. Uh, castahead.net, uh, I believe it is. And uh, he, Chris can put it in the comments. I don't care. It's, uh, I, I want him to. But yeah, definitely yeah, or just reach out to me. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like it's so, again, not to belabor this point, but I think it's so very important because if you're just gripping up, you know, you're never going to move to that next level. You're never going to get that business owner freedom. Yeah. Let go to level up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm a, I'm a jujitsu guy. And it used to be. I'm not actively training. So was now. I. Getting so was back I. on the mat. So you know what I'm talking about, right? So you're you're locked up in that initial, that initial go. You need control of the collar. You need control of the gi. But if you just sit there gripped up like grim death, you're gonna burn out. Oh yeah. You know, and you're gonna be huffing and puffing, and then you find yourself in a very, very bad position. You want to talk very, about what I miss? Yeah. I very fucking analogous. miss jujitsu. I miss BJJ yeah. so bad. Yep. Oh man. Mm. Well, let's 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 commit to each other to get back on the mats. We should we should do that. Why not? Let's do it. All right. My wife will love to hear that. That's how We're I broke it. my leg a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so like that's another analogy. If you're listening, right? Like if you're just so gripped up, you're so gripped around making that sale, that's a problem. Because you're really just boiling yourself down to transactions. You're not boiling yourself. You're not creating Absolutely. a business. Yeah. You're not creating a business that's filled with uh, you know, happy customers, customer satisfaction. So as we, we rounded second base, we're, we're standing on third base here coming to the top of the hour. So when folks work with you, for me, it's all about experience, right? Like I put... I put the experience into the business, how people experience their advertising. Is the marketing message something to experience? I like mm -hmm. to often say, you need to give your customers a story to behold, right? Behold, like they love it. And then a story to be told where they tell their friends, right? So I'm all about experience from the messages you create, the way you advertise, how you advertise, where the process in the store, the fulfillment. For you, Slaymaker method. Walk our listeners through your brilliance, what you do. So What's the first the thing I do is uh, yeah, yeah. The first thing I do, um, you know, we we talk about goals. Okay. We figure out where people want to be. And then just like I do in the actual sales process, we figure out what the what those goals are going to get them. Okay. Um, if I'm working with an entrepreneur who wants to just go from, like I said, dream to reality, then it's an intensive project. We figure out exactly if they really want to do it, right? We make sure that what they say they want to do is something that they truly want to do. And sometimes, Jeff, that involves a pivot. Um, you know, obviously everybody knows the term pivot in business anymore, 
Right. Uh, but actually, I, I can I, I can tell you a story of what just happened this past week with a customer. Um, she quit her nine to five. She was a CFO or COO, one of the two. Um, she quit that to go into entrepreneurship and do her own thing. Within two weeks of working with me, she landed a five-figure contract, a high five-figure contract. That's awesome. Um, she was blown away. But not long after that happened, she called me and she said, I think I should be doing something else. And I said, okay, all right, let's do it. If, if you do, That's the beautiful thing about entrepreneurship. You can do what makes you happy. You know, deliver on that contract. That's for damn sure. But yeah, yeah. let's, let's, let's get you pivoted. Let's, let's figure out where you want to go. What, what's going to make you the happiest? Because that's what I'm here for. I'm here. I get hired to make sure that these people are happy while they reach their goals. One of the things that I have on my contract agreements with my customers is a, an initial spot where they have to say, we have as much fun as possible while we do this, while we take this journey together. Um, yeah. I had, I had a woman that I, I know she'll be happy to use for me to use her name. Um, she's an artist, Gail Coleman. And Gail was one of my very early customers. And I said, she's, and she is a fantastic artist. I mean, world class. And I said, you need to promise me something. If you ever pick up a paintbrush and you don't feel like your heart is in it and you're not incredibly excited to pick up that paintbrush, you call me immediately because I don't want you doing this if you're not fully having a blast. And it happened one time. We took a break and then she got back into it. She got back to work. You know, so that's what I do. I make sure that we make these dreams a reality, but we do it in a way that is going to be fun, insanely profitable, right? <laughs> As a business owner, that's yeah. important. Um, and we also make sure that, you know, core values and missions and, and, and stuff like that, they don't get forgotten, right? Yeah. So it's was- so easy to, to sway. So just out of curiosity, your client that left the C-suite mm-hmm. goes, lands a nice contract. I would, I, I imagine by your description, probably more money than some people make in a year. Yep. Uh, yep. Absolutely. So, so was it, was it the meshing of mission and values that once she's like kind of out of that C-suite into the wild on her own, it's like, oh, this is, what, was it that reason she walked away or was, I mean, if you don't, if you can't share, that's fine. I understand. No, I don't think, I don't think that it was. Um, I think I think she just she's she's got a book coming out, so I, I don't want to release too much. Um, gotcha. She she just wanted to she wanted to give it a shot. She she wanted to to see if she could make it on her. I think she wanted to prove it to herself, and she did. I, I awesome. did. Let me let me tell you how yeah. how much I wanted to work with this woman. Her and I had a conversation about a year and a half ago, and it was a, a phone call that was facilitated through her husband, who I know. And we were talking and I kind of, you know, I did what you have to do as a coach. Sometimes I gave her some hard truths during this conversation a year and a half ago. Um, but I could see it. I could see it in her. You just, you just know as, as when you're a good coach, you can really get a read for people. You yep. really can. And she was somebody that I desperately wanted to work with. Desperately. She was just, she had all the boxes checked. Um, but my conversation scared her a little bit. And then I, I just, you know, maintained a friendly relationship. I kept, you know, making sure she was seeing my content, making sure that I was having conversations with her, staying friendly because she's an awesome person. Uh, and, and then I followed up with her in December and I said, Hey, you ready? Let's do this. And she goes, you know what? I am ready. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to fully commit. I'm going to do this two weeks later. Biggest sale of her life. She's happy. Two weeks after that, she wants to pivot. That's how life is. Right. Um, but she's she's talented. She's phenomenally talented. I'm going to see her tonight. I'm, I'm, and that's the cool thing about what I do is I try to I try to help everybody that I work with meet each other and and just yeah. expand their network. So we're going up to film a commercial with my business partner tonight, and then she's going to be a rock star connect on uh, on Thursday. So if you're there, you might meet her. Awesome. Well, I. Uh... I will be there. Oh, oh man. The two of us in the same room together. Yeah, watch out. We already broke the internet today. We're going to break the room. <laughs> yeah. Stoner Girl is so, going to go down. That's right. So, so as, we, as we wrap up, let's talk about doing the work. Because I put in, the, in one group, I put the, one of our first early interactions uh, 
together <laughs> about about Apex. Apex is a networking mastermind that's just full of amazing people who are, you know, really living life and business on their terms, uh, for sure. Um, but you asked me, you said, you know, what's this all about? Is it really like, is it really going to work? I think was the question or is yeah. there, is there substance there? Does it work? And I just said something along the lines of, yes, it'll work if you put the work in. And, uh, you know, for me, I've never been afraid of the work. When I was an on-the-road rep, you know, representing manufacturers, selling to other retailers, which is how I got into retail, I had a, I tell, I share the story often and it surprises people. I had a goal every day that I was going to go out and I was going to put ink on paper for $10,000 of wholesale shipments every day. Now I had a book of business of recurring customers, right? So that, that balance of door knocking, you know, phone calls, right? Like that's what I did really, really early on. And then the establishment of the dealer base was that magnetism where we put good programs in and it just kept every week they would reorder because it was a program. But I never sat back and just took that in. Every day I was on the road, I wanted to write 10 grand. Yep. And I would stay out. And if I traveled overnight, I wrote more because I had expenses. So like that's the level of work. That's the theory and the approach that I take. So you've done the work, obviously. I mean, I see what you're doing. That's great. Talk about, talk about sometimes you maybe wanted to stop doing the work. And why? Interesting. Interesting question. Um, so I will tell you that in my journey in entrepreneurship, I can't, I can't pinpoint a specific time where I wanted to stop doing the work. I, I know there were times. Um, just times where I just didn't feel like doing shit that day. Um, it happens. But I think a better analogy or example would be would be with Apex. Um, mm-hmm. I obviously I I I was talking to you. I was talking to Clint. I was talking to Jess. I was talking to Drewby. Um, and finally, I decided to do it. And up to that point, I thought that I had built something very big. I was in selling power. Mm-hmm. I wrote two best-selling books. I I was labeled a disruptor in the industry by Authority Magazine when it came to sales training. Um, I was talking to people that are just massive names in sales training. Uh, and I, I made decent money. And I thought, wow, can't get any better. Look at what I've built. Look at what I did all on my own with zero ad spend. This is crazy. Right. Um, and then I joined Apex. And I, I realized, which by the way, I'm going to bring it up one air. I have to laugh that you brought me into it. And I was like, I'm going in a level above Jeff. And then that day, that day, you're, <laughs> you jumped up above me. I was like, you got to be shitting me. All right, fine. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, it really, but, it really wasn't. It really wasn't like meant to be like, you know, what up. Oh, it was just, fantastic. It was, it was just kind of the way it worked. <laughs> I, but when I joined Jeff, I realized that I was saying I was in the land of giants is does a disservice to, to the giants that are in Apex. Oh, I, yeah. I was... I, I learned real quick that I was a nobody. A nobody. I mean, I, you're talking people that are earning, you know, running nine-figure businesses. It put things into perspective. And for a, at least a good day and a half, I was like, I should just go back to working for people. Holy shit. <laughs> like, this is, this is yeah. crazy. Yep. And then I went, no, Kyle, that's not how you do things. What would you do if a customer came to you and said that? It's, you'd be ready to strangle them, right? Yep. So, and that's, that's when I got out of the funk. It took a coaching call from one of my coaches. Um, but I got out of the funk and, and then I skyrocketed to the moon. I'm not at nine figures, I'll tell you that much. But I skyrocketed. Right. Uh, right. And that was, it was, you know, it's like I said, even at no matter what level you're at, you can always be better. Both yeah. personally well, and professionally, but the reason—the reason you saw inspiration, the reason you decided to level up and invest in yourself—is because, for me, I—I I, I took Apex Executives to my business partner Ben. And I said, "Look, 
we've got a great business, but we need to, we need to push ourselves. We need to push ourselves harder. Always. I am, I am unrelenting in that regard yeah. of pushing harder. You know, when we, like we are a 12 time reader's choice, favorite mattress store winner in our town. And it's a real award. It's not because you spend the most money in the paper. Uh, it's a real award. Uh, cause we don't, I, I spend a fraction of what I used to, and we've continued to win. Um, beautiful. We, there's no, there's no party. There's an email that goes out to the team, an email. And then it's like, all right, boys, this was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get back to work on 13. Yep. You know, and, and that's, that's the way we look at, look at it. I mean, um, we, we consistently look to push ourselves. And, and again, if you're a sales pro listening to this, that's where I think that's the biggest thing you could take away from this conversation is you have to find those ways, those mechanisms, those groups to level up. And what I will say, a shout out to Apex, I'll see if you agree. Yeah, there's, there's nine-figure people, there's 10-figure people uh, within the groups. And here's the thing. Those people have been on this show. The culture of yep, giving. I know they have. The culture of winning. The culture of seeing people succeed around you is unlike anything I've ever seen. And we oh. should all strive to emulate that in our businesses. It's, it, it's unparalleled. It's, you know, Apex is unlike anything I've ever seen, to, to be completely honest. And I, I have no problem giving that endorsement. And this is coming from yep. somebody that was very iffy on doing networking masterminds and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it just... Like, like that, that funk I was in, I posted that I was in a funk and it, it was like the floodgates open. People that, you know, I felt that, that were just, I mean, not, not even felt, they're worlds above me. Worlds. Let's hop on a call. Let's get you out of this. Let's do what we got to do. Yeah. Um, I, I had a coach with, with Mike, um, or a call with Mike, and he was the one that was like, like he, listen, you may not like this. This is what you need to hear. Let's get you out of it. Let's figure out what we're here. What's going on here? Uh, and, and it's it's invaluable. And yes, we should be doing that in life. I, I wish there was something around us in central Pennsylvania right. that built people up like that. Because yeah. quite frankly, there's not. And there needs to be. There needs it. Maybe you and I can figure out how to pull that off for for somebody or for people around here, for business owners. I think but just that that I kind of think we might make that happen. I, th I think we might too. You like how I did that? Foreshadowing yeah, yeah. people, foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Um, pay close attention. Yeah. But having that support system of people who genuinely want to see you succeed, that's the difference maker. That yep. is absolutely the difference maker. I would not be at the level where I am at today. I would not have had these past couple of months that I have had. I mean, I'll put it this way. It's February 8th, I, th I think. and. I, it's already a record year. That that's how big it is when you have people behind your back that are truly elevating you, and that's the try yep. the same level of care that I give to each and every one of my clients, and I know you do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that push is important. So, I mean, really find find that groove to get into to push yourself, right? Like plug in uh, whether it is just a local networking group that has some accountability to it, not just looking for those leads, right? Because that's terrible. But find somebody that can give you that push. Uh, you've heard on my show, we've talked about Apex many times. You know, you can hit me up. I'll make a connection for you happily. You could hit up Kyle as well. Yeah. Kyle could be that guy to push you with his methods, 100%. He's a best-selling author. He's a known strategist. I love what he puts down. He can be your push. There's no doubt. As we look to wrap up with this newfound success you have, uh, one thing that I have been remiss because like all the guests have been like, we could go on for hours, but I know that's not good for everybody. But <laughs> as we, as we look to wrap up with your newfound success, you've got a charity 
that you're really excited about that I know is very near and dear to you. Let's yes. talk about that as we wrap up. Yes, let's do it. Um, so I have, again, uh, I started, he started off as a client. His name's Nathan Smeltzer. Nathan is a former Marine veteran uh, of the Iraqi war. Uh, he was beat homelessness, criminal record, um, some alcohol abuse, some drug abuse. He wanted to start a center and a foundation um, for disabled veterans and first responders. And being a veteran myself, I've had my own struggles with PTSD for various things. Um, I know how important that is because, you know, here the closest VA is Lebanon. And sometimes that's a yeah. hike, it's a drive. If you're homeless, how are you going to get up there? If, right. if you don't have a car, if you don't have the faculties, how are you going to go get the care you need? Well, we're going to be providing the care that they need through the TNT Global Foundation. Um, we are currently awesome. a 501c. So we are getting ready to open up donations probably within the next couple of weeks. We're going to have, we have a few properties that we're looking at. Um, we are going to, to purchase right out and we're going to make this happen. So from mental health services, physical health services and fitness, and I'm going to be hit doing something that so far has not been seen in one of these centers. Um, and I'm going to be handling business services. So I'll be helping people who want to start, you know, start their own companies, entrepreneurship, sales training, doing resume writing, helping with job placement. You know, we're going to be doing it all. And That's we're awesome. very, very excited about it. Um, so get ready. I'll keep everybody posted. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, when I say in my intro of the show, we celebrate success here. I make no bones about people leading themselves for success. Because when folks like Kyle are successful and went on February 8th, and it is the 8th, already at record-breaking years of revenue. What happens is things like the TNT Global Foundation happen. Yep. Okay. Since I've been on this call, I've had a local charity off the streets call. When they call, they need beds. And when they need beds, we give beds. And, you know, when you see people celebrating their success, they're doing it. Folks like Kyle and I are doing it because it's, it's an accountability step for us. The people who are in our corner want to see it happen. But they also want to see us do things like what Kyle's doing with TNT. This past weekend, uh, our Apex group had, a, had its live event. Um, one of the members uh, created a new, a new coaching product. I, I forget the exact details. And it was, it was meant to kind of beta something out uh, for another level in his services. And it was a small thing, but he gave 100% of that coaching test revenue, $6,234. And I think when you said Mike, Mike Claudio is who you're referring to, right? Yep. $6,234, I believe was the number, was given to Mike's charity at Champion Shoes, which gives a new pair of cool sneakers and shoes to kids and opens their world up and lets them believe that they can do anything. Love it. Okay. Well, Mike, Mike's so an awesome we, guy. Yeah. So like, I love when people like when Kyle creates and brings together, helps somebody out, uses their experience to form what is your, your TNT, right? Like, yep. it's okay to celebrate success because you should know listening a lot of times that comes with immense accountability and yeah. immense goodwill to give back. And it doesn't often get posted as much as the successes because we're not doing it for that reason. You know, like we don't, I don't, I don't go and make a Facebook post every time we give mattresses to off the streets. I don't do that. Yeah. You know, well, I, don't, um, I don't think we do it for recognition. I, I no, think we just we do it because it's it's the right thing to do and we have the resources available to do it. You know, it's, right. it's I don't want to say it's a moral obligation because let's face it, there's a lot of people out there that don't view themselves as having that, as having that moral obligation. Um, but people like you, myself, and, and many others, Central Pennsylvania and beyond, yeah. um, it's it's just the right thing to do. You know, yeah. people people have helped us. We need to help back. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've got a saying. I said it yesterday on our Lancaster Connects podcast show that we do for the retail store for the community. It's about 
moving from success to significance, making connections. And right on the show, uh, two people connected into that charity. And, you know, that charity's effort and mission was moved forward by that show. I don't care that we don't get thousands of downloads on the podcast. That's not the point. Yeah. The point of that show is to highlight our community. And we're doing great work in doing that. So I just wanted to touch on that because when you see people celebrate success, it's the reason I'm unapologetic and celebrating Kyle's success, celebrating the success of all of our guests because good things like that happen in the background. So Kyle, man, this has been a pleasure. Uh, yeah, thank this, you. Th- people have been seeing on, on the show, they've been seeing you know your books and your website and where to get your books and things like that. But for people listening to audio, um, why don't you just shout out where, where and how people can connect with you? Absolutely. So um, for my books, both are available on Amazon. So You Think You Can Sell and Creating Dynamic Demand. Uh, I can be found on Facebook. That is obviously the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, excuse me. Just search Kyle Slaymaker and you'll see a picture of me with my incredibly beautiful and amazing wife, my muse, um, Elizabeth. Um, she's the gorgeous blonde next to the, you know, fat slob that's sitting next to her um, <laughs> in the picture. Uh, but listen, if anybody wants to reach out and get a hold of me, just shoot me a private message. You can find my phone number on the website. I'm down to earth. I'll talk to anybody that wants to talk. So feel free to get a hold of me, guys. And thank you so much for listening. Jeff, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. yeah thank you for joining. Uh, folks, this was really a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in. Please connect with Kyle if you need that push. He can certainly be one of those people to get you to that next level. And uh, I hope you would. All right. Everybody, this has been another show, Big Ticket Life. Kyle, thanks for joining, man. Thank you for your service. And we'll see you next week.